0: Welcome to the latest episode of the Defined Engagement Bookcast. I'm Doug Fine. Each episode I have the pleasure of talking to wonderful and accomplished authors about their books. That's what we do here. Again, we're going to have Laura Sikorikoff here for episode 5 of her book, It's Not Them, It's You, Why Employees Break Up With Their Managers and What to Do About It. Today we'll be talking about a gentleman named Elton and learn about the concept and leadership trait and practice of empowerment. Welcome back, Laura, to the Defined Engagement Bookcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Defined Performance, Defined Engagement Bookcast. I'm Doug Fine, and I'm in Augusta, Georgia, in the United States. And I have the author of It's Not Them, It's You, and it's her name, is Laura Sikorikoff. Up in Vancouver, Canada. Welcome back.
1: Yeah, thank you so much. You know what? It is always, I I have a really great time talking with you. So I'm so glad you invited me back.
0: Thank you. Good. My pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, What we do on the bookcast is we talk about people's books that are going to help you become a better leader, a better person. Uh, Very soon, I'm going to be interviewing a woman that spent a year in Africa. And I guess it will help them help the readers become a better uh, safari participant or something. So nice. I like to talk to interesting people and, and you are one of those. Your book is terrific. You want to hold it up? Thank you. you bet. It's That's not it. them. It's you.
1: That's right. And then the subtitle is why employees break up with their managers and what to do about it.
0: Cool. So we have stories in this book, Laura, and we've we talked about, we've talked about Rosalie, we've talked about Emily, we talked about Simone, Simone and Percy. Percy, and now it's yeah. Elton today. That's right. So
1: these are obviously they're not their real names, right. just everybody out there, just so you know, um, the book is written, the, these are real stories about real people in real companies, but I have not used any company names. And of course, I've changed the names of the people involved, because I want to make sure that they have that anonymity. But also, because these stories are not isolated incidents mm-hmm. in the corporate world. In fact, I think that's one of the things that is most powerful about my book is that these are things that happen to people all the time. You Mm -hmm, know, these mm -hmm. are, uh, these occur in workplaces around the world and um, can be fixed, can be changed. And so for me, I thought that was really important. I did, I purposely, even though I heard hundreds of stories from people, you know, when you say that you're writing a story about, People quitting their jobs because they had a bad manager. Oh my goodness, the mm-hmm. response to that. You know, I had so mm-hmm. many people, even now, like, hey, if you're writing another book, I got a story for you. I, I had people say, oh, I have stories for you. So I, had lots of stories to choose from
0: but that problem is going to take care of itself when this just goes to the new york Times bestseller list
1: <laughs> well no from your li-
0: bad boss anymore <laughs> uh, from
1: your lips to god's ears my go. friend <laughs> so,
0: yeah leadership is uh, something we both do we get to do leadership development yeah, we do. manager training yeah. and things like that so we get frustrated when we hear these stories because it just doesn't have to be as bad as they act sometimes if they had a little bit of I'm just going to say if they had a little bit of openness yeah. to learn about themselves and to learn about the, just a few things that they could be doing differently to be, become better themselves, but better the work of their team, better the teamwork. There's so much there's there. There are not. Um, it's simple, but it's not necessarily easy to become a better leader. So, so we're going to talk about Elton. You want to just mm-hmm. kind of lay the groundwork about Elton and the, sure. and the cor- correlating word and concept of uh, your model is um, empowerment. Elton empowerment. Yeah, so empowerment is a good word. We've, uh, we can talk about what that means, but why don't you talk about Elton?
1: Sure. Okay, so Elton worked for a company as a business development prison and he traveled all throughout the world uh, developing business as a business Mm -hmm. development person does. And he worked with a team of people who were really quite high performers in this area and they were building a network of customers and of business partners around the globe. So they really felt like a high functioning team. Mm. Um, They enjoyed working together. And they really enjoyed working with their boss. And now we pointed out before that, as, that one of the other themes that arose is that there's often a reorg and people are being shuffled from one boss to another. Mm-hmm. And what happened here is that the company grew larger and ended up hiring somebody to come in and oversee Elton's team. So, this gentleman came in to the team. He was green um, with the company, but he had experience with a similar business. Mm-hmm. And he came into the company, um, met with the team, and basically said, uh, This department is a mess, mm-hmm. and I'm here to clean it up. Mm-hmm. And when I first heard that from Elton, when he was sharing it, I immediately went, Ouch. Mm -hmm. Because the first thing I thought was, dude, have some respect for the legacy Mm. in the department, right? Mm -hmm. These people, maybe they aren't doing work the way you see it best done, but that doesn't mean they weren't putting their best efforts into it. And I think there's a a really big miss right there. You know, for me, that was the first thing. Mm -hmm. So this guy came in and immediately Uh, set himself up as a new expert that's going to clean house and make everything better. And so he immediately set himself up from a position of disrespecting the legacy and frankly, disrespecting the outgoing manager. Absolutely. Who went to another team. Mm -hmm. But that first team, they loved their old boss.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So
1: this guy was insulting them on several different levels. So he setting them on edge and then went on to, in his efforts to clean things up, really rule with an iron fist. Mm. And he was a micromanager. Yeah. And we've, we've all heard of micromanaging before. We all know what uh, this is about. I'm sure, Doug, that you have stories that you could share. I know I do. And we all know, managers everywhere know that micromanaging is not the way to go. Yet it's a thing. And the reason it's a thing is because it happens quite a lot out there. Control
0: Control issues. You know, it's, I love when you're in these classes, right? When you're doing um, um, a development class or something, there's a lot of people that say, I don't like to be micromanaged. Mm -hmm. Uh, And that's true. No one does. But at the same time, sometimes they are, they are micromanagers themselves, you know? Uh, uh, so, yeah. so I have a little ugly story when you talked about the new person coming in and kind mm-hmm. of just poo-pooing, uh, the legacy work that they did. I, uh, long time ago, but it resonates today. Um, there was, uh, we had started an employee newsletter and it was like human interest stuff, mm-hmm. pretty cool about per- people's personal lives and their families and accomplishments at work, but it was, it was definitely folksy and you know, it wasn't slick. It didn't have professional publishing, but it was, it was what it was and it was good. And the employees liked it. Well, a new COO came into the company and, you know, within five or six weeks of being there, uh, I was at a meeting with him, and my boss at the time. And he said that this newsletter um, wasn't worth the paper it was written on. So it's like, bam, how ugly was that? How'd that make me feel? But it was, it was like completely unnecessary, you know, like he could have done something way different. Let's build on what you got. I like it. But he, he, he had a character, he had a character that felt like insulting people was the way to get things done or stopped or whatever. So I I get the idea of what uh, Elton experienced, Mm -hmm. you know, he started nitpicking and, you know, and the other thing about micromanaging, I think, I think technically it always, it ends up being just tell me what you want me to do and i'll do it you know like i'm not going to do right anything there. more i'm not going to give you my ideas because your ideas are what rule the day so uh, i'll just wait around till you instruct me and there's there goes the empowerment and there goes mm-hmm. the initiative it just goes yeah. and then and then certainly people start looking for other places where they're not going to be insulted they're not going to be micromanaged so it's very classic right Oh,
1: hundred percent. You know, again, as I said to you, I bet you have stories.
0: Mm-hmm. Of I bet
1: mm-hmm. you have stories about this. And the reason it was a pretty safe bet because almost all of us do have these experiences mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I don't think we need to, you know, firstly, if we look at the respecting the legacy portion, yes. Um, Okay, that's just insulting. I mean, that's just bad manners, you know, and really we should know better. As you said, there are ways to state this without being insulting. Mm -hmm. Okay. So for example, this manager, instead of saying this department's a mess and I'm here to clean it up. Could have said, you know, you guys have done a lot of great work getting things established. I've got some ideas on how we can take it to the next level. Would love to get your input. Let's have a, you know, meeting and really dig into some of the cool things that we can do to take us to the next level. Awesome. It is the same message basically, which is we need to make changes. We need to improve. Yes. But it's said in such a different way. It's said in a way that empowers people to put forward their ideas instead of a way to crush them. And I love what you said, which is the message is clear. I'll just sit here and shut up and do what you tell me to do until I find a new job. Yeah. Okay. So here's the thing, micromanagers, if you are a micromanager out there, um, and you probably know, that's the other thing I've discovered is most people who are micromanagers kind of know that mm. they're nitpicky mm-hmm. it's just that they don't really know how not to be so okay if you're a micromanager out there understand that what Love you it. are teaching people to do is to sit there and wait for you to say not only what to do but exactly how to do it
0: yeah, right they
1: they know that they're going to be punished if they do things mm. the oh excellent
0: way. point and who okay? wants like to be punished
1: Exactly. And there are so many different ways that you can punish people, right? And including this department's a mess. I'm here to clean it up, including this isn't worth the paper it's printed on. Okay. Well then I'm, you know, and people chafe under that scrutiny. Okay. They do, they don't like it. They, they, they want to be able to do good work. And when you are standing over them, literally picking apart every single thing they do, they're going to chafe under it and they're going to say, fine, you do it instead. Okay, fine. Yeah. You know, I may
0: not say that out loud, but that's really what they're saying. It's like, you, you can do it better, obviously. So yeah. you don't need me.
1: Exactly. Clearly, clearly, I'm not doing good enough work for you. The
0: other thing that really struck me when we were having these little exchanges about how these leaders acted and said and insulted people, it's like you gave the alternative of what this gentleman could could have said with Elton's team. And it was beautiful. It was like progressive. It was accepting. It was kind. It was encouraging all all of that. Yet this guy said what he said. It's a mess. I'm here to clean it up. And so what I find, um, I struggle with this is being in leadership development that that guy hadn't, he, he didn't even have the capability to say, act, say what you said. (laughs) So he's like starting at a deficit of, of his ability to lead people yet. He's got the power. He's got the job. So there's that whole issue of power and control. And he, he, I'm sure he was probably a kind of person that just didn't want to hear what you had to say. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yet in your discussions with me about one-on-one meetings, they're they're predominantly listening to your people about what they want to say. Yes. Mm-hmm. So,
1: for me, okay, I, I I'm going to say also, uh, full disclosure. Sure. I'm not a micromanager. I'm not that person. In for fact, neither, I would neither am I. Yeah, I far prefer a collaborative atmosphere. So I will admit to some bias on sure. the on the other side of this, right? But I also find that it's a waste to micromanage. Mm-hmm. And the the reason I say that is you hire people for a reason, okay? You hire somebody because they bring knowledge, they bring talent, they bring skills, they bring abilities, they bring experience, they bring enthusiasm, all of those things into a job. You hire them to be there to do good work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you don't let them do it. And to me, that's Mm. counterintuitive. That's that's a waste of time.
0: Okay, that's a waste
1: of time and paper. You know,
0: so because technically, um, you're doing the jobs of people that you're paying to do the job in a weird way, right? That's right. You're and and you're not. You're not. I'm talking about these bad managers that micromanage. You're not getting your work done. (laughs) Your work is not to micromanage your team. Your work is to empower your team. And and so you're not getting your work done when you're doing when you're spending your time micromanaging people. So why don't we just like in general, it's Elton. He is the the, the boss. Didn't the new boss didn't care about the legacy, the good work that this team did. He felt it was a mess and all this, and he's going to fix it. Mm-hmm. So let's just talk about now um, your concepts and your thoughts about what empowerment. Really is in a company. How, do, how does how should empowerment be embraced by a company, and, wh- and where will it get them?
1: Well, if we look at the dictionary definition, mm-hmm. empowerment is about sharing information and rewards and and power with the employees, so that they can then make decisions, and they can carry out tasks, and they can improve their levels of service and performance, and all of those things improving levels of service and performance you know
0: mm-hmm. doing
1: inspiring great work or, or encouraging encouraging them to go to the next level those are all things that a company really wants yes from the people that they hire you know this is kind of a, a dream scenario to um, to have a company full of people that are really, feeling like they got this Mm
0: -hmm. and that they can
1: take it and run with it and Mm -hmm. do some good work that's going to result in some, you know, happy customers and a really nice fat bottom line and all those things. It sounds so terrific, but then what that means we have to do is give up control to a Mm -hmm. certain extent. Okay. We have to trust that these employees are going to do this good work for us and that's I think where it gets challenging where micromanagers have a hard time with this because they we're asking them to release control to relinquish control Um, now there's a quote in the book and and apologies my eyes are going to go over here because I'm going to be reading it and that is when managers rule with an iron fist Mm -hmm. employees feel excessively pressured not trusted and will chafe under the scrutiny.
0: Do you know what I did, Laura? I should share my screen right now. But uh. I, I put that very quote in a on a PowerPoint, mm. and it's like it, the PowerPoint has designs, you know? Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like a big blue blob. Uh, and I put your quote, that very quote, in a PowerPoint because I want to use it to promote this book because it's oh, very sure. powerful. It's a very powerful quote. Um, they chafe we chafe under that it's like it's annoying and irritating it's like mm-hmm. let me do my damn work well yeah you know you chafe you, you absolutely know, you, you, you don't chafe. want uh l- let me um is it this chapter that we talked about the concept of um give power to get power mm-hmm. can yeah. I explain where I learned that I learned it from someone that worked for me um many years ago and um she was an OD person, you know, she knew how to handle groups. She knew how to uh, get, get people to come together for good outcomes. She was a really excellent person. Um, and she would say that every once in a while, give power to get power. And and the, the point of it is, and I've, I've, I've heard it for a long time, used it myself. The idea is you get, when you start giving your power away, mm-hmm allowing people, you know, empowering your people, allowing them to make decisions, allowing them to come up with ideas and that that get implemented. If you start giving your power away, um, you actually become, you get a better reputation for being a good boss, yeah, for being somebody that people want to work for. So your esteem, you know, the esteem that an organization has for you you're, you're the opportunity to gain more power because of the way you act. That's the reality. Absolutely. So, so give power to get power and if people. So, and you have to be sincere, right? It's not about power for power's sake, but if you want to spread the way you manage and lead people throughout an organization, you give your power away uh, as, as, as best you can always with accountability and always with checking in and one on ones, but, you actually are going to be more appreciated in your organization, probably by the upper level people too. Because your, you, team, your team's really performing great.
1: Yeah. When you allow your people mm-hmm. the room to do what they do, yeah. you know, to do what they do well, not, not leave them flapping in the wind or not letting, you know, the, letting them run away with things, but rather just saying, you got this. I know you got this then you, you're gonna, well, for one thing, you're gonna get more done. I mm-hmm. mean, that's the reality because you are letting go of some things um, that gives you the time to get a little bit more done yourself. Yeah. And, um, I, you know, again, we've talked about how managers are so squeezed. I can't think of a manager out there that wouldn't love to have just a little bit more time to get some of their work done. So if you can let your people do what they're hired to do, instead of you know supervising every single thing mm-hmm. that they do and mm-hmm. believe you me listen I had a manager uh, this was early on in my career I had a manager who wouldn't even let me send an email out without mm-hmm. first reading it to make sure it was written okay I was Tell like are you freaking me <laughs> kidding me do you do you know how much time that wastes sure. so anyway you know you're gonna get more done yeah. just by letting people do what they do now, If you are, you you know, the common thread throughout all of what I've done in this book is this idea of a one-on-one conversation, being in constant communication Mm -hmm. with the people on your team. Mm -hmm. So if you know them, if you have a relationship built with them, if Mm -hmm. you understand what makes them work, what inspires them, Mm -hmm. then you're going to feel a lot freer Mm -hmm. to let them do what they need to do. Not only that, though, they're going to want to communicate with you mm-hmm. along the way. So here's the thing. When you are, when you are taking away the power from people, you are making them sit there and do nothing until you tell them what to do. So that's a time waster, right? That also demands so much more of you as a manager. And then it means that projects are delayed or things um, take a lot longer to get up and running because everybody is waiting so much for all of this to not feel that they can make any decisions on their own because they are waiting for the, the ax to fall, basically. The, yeah, the exactly.
0: Orders,
1: right? Exactly. Yeah. And so when you empower people to do it, when you step out of their way, things go faster. You're going to get more done. You're going to improve communication because they're going to feel trusted. So not only will you be checking in with them, but they'll also come to you. They will feel empowered to be able to bring their thoughts and their concerns to you. And that's actually a really good thing. When you think about it, you know, if things are going off the rails, they're not going to be afraid to talk to you. They're going to come to you and say, Hey, can you help me get things back on the rails?
0: It's the work about something off you. Um, I, for for many years now i um i i kind of think about this idea of spirit at work Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. like spirit creativity new things unheard of things unthought of things by an organization even by a leadership team i think it is so um it's classic that in corporate settings, sometimes you don't want to be surprised by anything. You just, you, so, so actually, if you believe that the spirit, a spirit could uh, generate good ideas from people, mm-hmm. could generate a new thinking, could, could make some real uh, impactful changes because you've opened, you've allowed people to dream or, uh, Empowered them really to mm-hmm. do things maybe different or better their own way, but it, we're going to get to the goal, the same goal, where I don't have to tell you how to do it. Just kind of hear your goals get there. I think there's so little spirit in corporate because they, no one wants to be surprised. <laughs> and if, if, if surprises happen, even if they're good ones, oftentimes, you know, it's like, Hands, hands away, you know, kind of push you yeah. off because it's out of it's not even to say out of the box because I hate saying that, but it's different, it's new. Yeah, and, and we're uh,
1: not sure how to deal with this if it's yeah. totally new. So, what's your yet yet about that, that doesn't that doesn't equal bad. Okay, so the the first thing that I my first reaction when you mm-hmm. start talking about this was, you know, companies don't want to be surprised.
0: Right. But
1: on the other hand, companies are always talking about being innovative.
0: Innovative, exactly. And
1: um, to me. How does innovation happen then without surprise? Amen. And when you are in a place when you're in, where you do not feel empowered,
0: mm-hmm.
1: there's no innovation, right. there's no creativity at least not that kind of effort for the company. And you see a lot of people when they're feeling stifled at work, when they're feeling like they cannot Put forward what they know is right. You see them going, spinning off either to um, a side hustle mm-hmm. or oftentimes to bringing up their own business because mm-hmm. they know that what they're doing mm-hmm. is worthwhile, that they've got a great message, but they're not allowed to say it. Right. And so I really, I, you know, for me, I, I, it, I don't get it. Do you want innovation? Or do you want no surprises? Okay. And um, so if, and if you want innovation, then your people in your company have to feel free Mm -hmm. to put forward their ideas, not necessarily free to run with it completely and create whatever the heck they want. Um, And in tech, there is a bit of that. And I'll talk to that in a second, Uh but I'm talking about feeling free to have those ideas Mm -hmm. to put, them forward as a possibility and to feel safe that their ideas will be appreciated and not scorned
0: and where would you hear yeah where those ideas where will they show up they'll show up uh, in that one-on-one meeting with your your, your people like what what new what new things should we be doing this this quarter is there something that could really knock people's socks off that you let's just challenge ourselves to do that this quarter
1: And we, you know, hackathons are something Mm -hmm. that happens all the time in tech. And from those hackathons, some really cool ideas Mm -hmm. have been developed. And, you know, probably if I did some Google searching, I could come up with some really great like products or apps Mm -hmm. or services that have come out of these tech hackathons. That's an example Of a company empowering their people Mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm, to be mm -hmm.
1: creative, to be innovative, to think, like you said, that term, think outside the box, to um, really pour themselves into something that may or may not even have anything to do with the company. But boy, oh boy, can it produce some cool results. And so for me, I think that's something that companies should do. Uh, You know, maybe not have a hackathon, but certainly. Encourage their employees to take a look at what's going on in the company Mm -hmm. and create something better. You know, oftentimes somebody who's working within a process flow is the best person Mm -hmm. to suggest a better process flow. You know, so why not encourage them to put it forward? If it's not going to work, then say, Mm, yeah. Okay. Thank you for bringing that up.
0: Put it in the red. But box. I,
1: yeah, yeah. I, like I, it's not going to work because of this. But I'll tell you what: if we can think of some way to make it work, or if we, knowing that this is an obstacle, you know, can you take it back to the drawing board? But you listen and see if you can come. You yes. <laughs> and that's the key, my friend. You have listened and you have understood that they have poured themselves into it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, you know, I've been, I've been doing customer service training all throughout my career. And one of the things that I know for sure is what customers really want is to feel heard Mm -hmm. and understood more than to get their way. They want to feel like they've been listened to and they've been understood. And the same holds true with Mm -hmm. employees. They want to feel, like you have heard them and you understand what drives them. And that all comes back to that one-on-one conversation, you know? And and once you know, once you know about them, once you know what they're good at, once you know what they get excited about and what they really want to do, then you will, then you can let them go and do it. And you will trust that they're doing this, for the right reasons, because you know, they are, they've you. And you're you
0: tapped that. into them. You're, 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 plugged in with them every yeah, week. That's right. Or every other week, if the case may be, but you are plugged in with them. You yeah. know them, you get them. And the more, the more you get them, the more, the more you're, I think the more you get them, the more you're going to get because you've appreciated who they are, you know, that you oh, get them.
1: Yes. And you inspire their loyalty, yeah, right? Yeah. And when somebody is loyal, I mean, you know, I think if any one of us, any of the listeners, if you think about Mm -hmm. people who you are loyal to, you want to do great stuff for them. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. you want to help them. You want to um, do your best for them. You are invested in their success just as you are invested in your own success. So we see that in company cultures that are really growing and thriving. We see the loyalty. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. you know, that is, and that loyalty, is what inspires people to make it even better and better. And, you know, we see that in companies like Zappos mm-hmm. where, um, you know, I, you know, I am so sad about the passing of Tony Me Shea. Uh, he was far too young for yes, one he thing, was. but also he, this is a person that really revolutionized the corporate ways of thinking. I'm going to show you, know, you something. Yeah. Okay. Go for um, it. Some,
0: somewhere along the way, I, Somewhere along the way, I acquired this, and it's basically oh yes, the Zappos culture book. A, yeah. yeah, the culture book. Yeah, uh, Zappos put one out every year.
1: Yeah, I've got you know, one from going on.
0: it's, it's from so
1: 2019, cool. I think it was. No, 2018. I was. Uh-huh. I had opportunity to tour Zappos, cool. and I went through their customer service department. And, and uh-huh. okay, so I went through their call center. Now, their call center is unlike any call center I have ever seen. It is. It's like a feast for the senses mm-hmm. because you look at it and everybody in there is allowed to, they are empowered to create decorate their cubicle, Mm -hmm. however they want. Mm -hmm. So you have people with jungle scenes, you have people Mm -hmm. who set up like a tiki bar kind of scene and they've made this their own personal space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they really do feel like this is home for them. And then in Zappos, they empower their customer service agents to make the right decision for the customer. Mm -hmm. And not only has that inspired great loyalty amongst the customer base but it's also inspired great loyalty amongst the customer service agents Mm -hmm. you have people working in a call center for years and oh and you know anybody who's ever checked out call center turnover knows how rare that is so they have managed by empowering their people by putting their trust and their faith in their people to make independent decisions. Right. That are the right thing to do.
0: Right. And if they make a,
1: fierce loyalty
0: and if they make a wrong decision, you deal with it. Right. It's well, like it's, that's a, growth. Just it's it. a growth environment that you don't have to be perfect. The other exactly. company that I've heard does a real good job with empowerment is the Ritz Carlton. You mm-hmm. know, they're, the, they're the ones that say, you have you have up to what a thousand dollars or whatever to make things right for customers. Yep. You don't you don't even have to think twice to say, well, I'm going to give you another night for free. You could be the housekeeping person, and if the if the um, client or the customer is not pleased about something, that housekeeper could say, well, I'd love to give you another night free. Come back, and we'll make it. So that that's empowerment where you you Absolutely. don't even you keep track of what decisions are being made and all that but it just shows that you've you've given these employees ownership you've empowered yeah. them you've given them the power to fix things because they know it's wrong you know they're getting complaints or something and then not only that you give them the power to be be as creative as they can be to enhance the customer the customer experience not just yeah, fix things sure. but you're you're giving them that kind of money, if you will, to enhance, make things better, uh, make the, make, make the clients, um, yeah, the guests feel special, like out of this world special, you know?
1: And it, it's not always about money as well. Like, you know, you're right. Like in the case of customer service, often it is, you know, give them a little bit of money, but that will ultimately pay off in big returns in the future. But in other, you know, workplace scenarios, this isn't about extra money right. but it is about you know encouraging ideas mm-hmm. and encouraging this um dig in and solve it atmosphere as opposed to the sit back and wait for direction
0: exactly. kind of
1: atmosphere and um Uh, So I I pulled a quote out of the um, new one minute manager, and that Mm -hmm. is people who feel good about themselves produce good results. Mm -hmm. And that's from Ken Blanchard and Spencer Johnson. Mm -hmm. And I agree with that. When you feel good about the work you're doing, when you are empowered to come up with ideas, to execute on those ideas, to uh, take what the company needs and work that into your own personal way of doing mm-hmm. the work, mm-hmm. then you're gonna produce good results. And it's funny because there is a it, it does seem counterintuitive. I mean, there is a, uh I you could be forgiven for thinking, oh, 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 but if I let them run with this too far, um you know, if I relinquish all control, things can run amok pretty quickly. But that actually doesn't happen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Most of right. the time, you right. know, I'm, I'm going to say probably 99.9% of the time, right. what happens is that people, they're very aware of what makes the company successful. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. very aware of good work versus not good work. Right, And when you allow a little bit of this control to be released, if when you empower your employees, you are making them partners in the business Mm
0: -hmm. versus
1: being minions that are there to do. I love that you
0: you use the term minions. I I pull it out in my research with reading your book. Uh, (laughs) You have a quote about minions. I yeah,
1: um, I, th- I think it is kind of just what I just I'll said, find it you, the you next... know, their partners versus minions doing yes. the company's bidding yes. or something of that ilk, yes. but yeah, it's in here somewhere.
0: <laughs> yeah, we'll, I'm going to pull it out for our next talk. But anyway, this, good. Laura, show your book again and we'll just sure. tell I'll be us how to much, do that. Uh, there you it is. want people to buy it, not because she yeah. wants you to buy it, but because it's just darn good. It's, well, it's excellent. It's a great book. It's thank it's, you. it's something that leader development people should uh, definitely get, so they can get uh, great contemporary progressive ideas about leading in these times. So it's this. It's packed full of. It's packed full of just good. Look at this. How bad. It <laughs> I is. know it's cool, it's huh? Packed full of, go. of goodness. Yeah. So Laura, we covered Elton today and empowerment. Anything else yeah. I did, we didn't talk about that you want to mention?
1: Well, I do want to mention um, that encouraging independence in Mm -hmm. your team member, um, it it does pay off. Mm -hmm. So please, if you are a manager out there, and you are wondering how you can do this, um, just don't get too discouraged by this. Don't get too overwhelmed by this, because where this comes from this idea of how can you encourage independence? It really does come from getting to know mm-hmm. the people that work with you, what they can do, mm-hmm. what they are capable of, what they know. And, you know, I, I actually have a story about that. I was wanting to get, this was a, a little earlier on in my tenure with the company and I had a new boss and I was wanting to get leadership training. Mm-hmm into the organization, which is, by the way, something that I do.
0: Yes.
1: Probably pretty good at it. Yeah, well, thank you. I like to think so. And I went in to talk to my boss about uh, creating a leadership training program. And he said to me, okay, uh, well, why don't you look into some third-party vendors and just let me know what this is going to cost, and then we'll talk about it. And I left his office. I, honestly, I was fuming. I mm-hmm. was so angry mm-hmm. because I thought, you know what? Who? What am I? Chop liver? Like, right, right. I, this is what I do. Right. And then it occurred to me, you know, that this is a new boss, and he doesn't really know. what I do right so I actually just turned on my heels went right back into the office and said do you know what I do and and told him now the thing is Doug that's me okay I would do that yes I would turn on my heels go back and say hey hello that's this is what I do like do you how can you not know this about me right right but I'm not like I know that I am uh, somewhat intrepid, I guess, you know, I, I will take that risk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Most other people would not, right. they would go back to their desk, they would fume, they would uh, start looking for another job where they would feel respected, mm-hmm. and they would go, mm-hmm. right. So the conversations, if you are a manager, whether you're new with that team, or whether you're established with that team, you should be having the kinds of conversations with them, that help you to really understand, mm-hmm. not just what they do, yeah, but what they are capable of. And then empower them
0: to start and, doing that. And who work. they are.
1: Who they and, are. And what,
0: and what, and and what and they, they are, love. Who they are, how that could contribute yeah. to the, the good, you know, who they are.
1: Yeah. I mean, <sighs> it's very, very rare, very rare that people won't wanna do good work. Right, right. It, like, right. You know, I I think we can pretty safely assume that the people on our teams want to do good work. So Mm -hmm. all we have to do is let them Mm -hmm. be there to support them, be there to guide them, but empower them to do that great work for us.
0: And they will. Fantastic. That's a great way to end this uh, episode, Laura. Uh, We are pull up the book again please sure so i'd be happy me to do doing. that so there, there you it go. is it's not them it's you why yeah. employees break up in quotes break up they just say enough of you yeah. i'm done with you and uh they break up with their managers and what to do about it yeah. Laura and there's my
1: name oh well you is. can also see it with the zoom screen but you know
0: <laughs> yes there is. is our author for this book cast and we'll be back uh soon with another episode and we're going to talk with Caitlin right that's right we're talk about Caitlin we're going to talk about Caitlin and bet. then Tom yep right and Caitlin then, Tom let, let's do that and again uh, many thanks for your time today Always and a pleasure. Uh, just we're digging into this book and I love it and people should go out and get it it's on it's available on Amazon it is
1: There's
0: a hard copy and a paperback right that's There's a hard cool. copy
1: a paperback and an mm-hmm. ebook version Oh, cool. So, yeah.
0: Like, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. you can so, download it onto your Kindle. By the way, yeah. I mean,
0: look at all these notes, you know. I just <laughs> I tear just, I just it up. There's such good stuff in there. So yeah, thank, thank you, Laura, you. and we'll see you next time, okay?
1: It was my pleasure. Thank you so much, Doug.
0: My pleasure, too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you again for being a part of this episode of the Defined Engagement Bookcast next episode we're going to meet Caitlin and we're going to learn about the concept of consideration find more bookcasts at www.anchor.fm forward slash Doug fine and visit my website it's the defined performance solutions website that can be found at www.dougjfine.com thanks for being here See you next time at the Defined Engagement Bookcast. Bye-bye for now.